welcome to the Guiding God's Daughters podcast. We're all about getting real and going deep here. I want to help you plant seeds so you can grow in your faith. So join me in this episode as we walk together and learn about God's faithfulness. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Guiding God's Daughters. This is um, one of my Heart for America uh, podcasts. When I talk kind of about something that's going on in our country and uh, politics and something that I feel the Lord calling me to talk about given my background in politics. So, um, and to encourage those of you who may feel alone um, in casting your vote because there's so much being uh, sent to us, pushed on us, that is not true. And you may feel like your vote doesn't count, but I want to help you realize that it does. Tomorrow is election day. Uh, And if you're watching this after, it just was, and we're probably still waiting on results because elections don't happen like they used to. But so, I really want the topic of today is it's time to grow up and vote, Uh, not get out, not, you know, get out the vote. It's time to grow up and vote, because I think, you know, we all kind of start out in this. Well, this is, you know, my parents voted. This is we kind of fall into what our parents believe. And then we kind of get into our 20s and we think, you know, "Mm, well, I don't know if I agree with that. And we have to question it and find our own you know, voice. And this kind of came to mind when I was talking to my stepson, he was here last week and I asked him if he was going to vote and he kind of was, you know, typical 21 year old uh, college kid kind of, you know, just not really doesn't think his, you know, vote matters, not really interested in it, which is funny because he was indifferent. And my husband and I kind of laughed and we're like, dude, weren't you totally like that at that age? And we really were. Um, and it just kind of made me realize how important this message is. You know, whether you're one of my 20-somethings listening or one of your my, you know, 40, 50-somethings listening who has younger kids and um, or you think your vote doesn't count because it does, like I said. So um, what's crazy is that I got into a career in politics. I finished Notre Dame and I went into politics and they kind of questioned whether or not... Um, I should work there because I hadn't voted in the last election, but I'm glad they did because I ended up getting a job, but it made me realize, whoa, your vote's really important. But, um, so this is why I'm talking about why it's time to grow up and vote because you have to figure out how your, what is, what are your beliefs? You have to vote matching your beliefs, not just what everybody else is saying, what the trends are saying, what seems cool, what's, you know, what you should, everybody else says you should do, especially not today. You have to make your own decisions, be informed. So the problem is now I think there's this push to fight, um, to just defy any value driven or conservative or, um, you know, what do they call it? Christian nationalism. Um, like, people who are for country and for God. We have to defy it because the devil is trying so hard to push back. And that's why we kind of have a society that's very much, you know, blame. Um, it's the blame culture. You know, it's their fault. It's we have to fight against them. 
you know, they're hateful, which is ironic because it's always, you know, the hate is coming at, the hate comes out of you when you're calling somebody else hateful. It's, it's kind of ironic. Um, but I'm not about blame culture. I'm about victor culture. I'm about living in victory. I'm about living a solution. I'm about leaning on God. I'm about the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of the world. God, period. So, but I, 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 I digress. I want to help you get honest about what's in your heart and what you truly believe. So that's why this is about growing up and voting. So you have to be informed, especially now. We don't live in a, I don't know, I don't care, it doesn't affect me time. Um, you know, it's interesting having been raised in politics, constantly listening to Fox News, playing in my house, going into it. I did not want to go into politics, had no desire, but my dad was a force and he kind of, I don't want to say push me in it. He just, shall we say, suggested that it would be good for me. Um, and it was. I learned a lot, you know. Um, but when I get out, I struggled. I remember having conversations with my dad when I got into recovery. Like, Dad, I like can't believe I worked at the White House. It's nothing about what I want to do. And I want to do something totally different. And he kept saying, honey, it'll help you down the road. He was all about connections. And it has helped me so much. I've learned so much. Um, but I think I used to beat myself up because I didn't stay in it because I had no desire. I really think politics was kind of toxic for me. And the Lord was just like, yeah, no, you're getting out of this because it's literally killing you. So we're going to take you out of it. But it's part of one of the reasons I like to point people to Christ, not Washington, because people get so fired up about Washington. But guess what? Christ, Christ is on the throne. Don't forget who's king. So, um, you know, in Washington, it was always about like, if you worked for a certain person, you know, it was like, you that's how you would know if you're going to like someone or not. And it's so weird because that used, used to be in Washington. Now it's all over the country. People are so identifying with their political, you know, parties. People don't talk. People whisper. People attack. I mean, it's, whoa. And I think what's, what is happening is one of the things that political identity is one of the things the enemy is using to keep people from knowing their identity in Christ. So you can push politics all you want, but your identity in Christ is above everything else when it comes down to it. So if you don't know that, or for that matter, in this day and age, you don't want to know that, then you are missing the point. So if you're going to the pit polls enraged, or not going because you are defiant, examine yourself. As you grow up and vote, what do you believe? What are your values? Do you believe in taking your own power or leaving it up to the state? Do you believe in letting the government run everything, run your life, or having the freedom to believe in God and other many things? Um, also, if you're enraged about political candidates who don't even know your name, why are you enraged? Is there something about them that um, honestly speaks to something in your heart, something you've gone through, you know, it is a great time for you to go, whoa, why am I so mad about this person? Um, you know, and we're in this societal society where we're just emboldening this victim stance. Um, but I'm here to tell you, it's not the place of power. It's a place of weakness. Have you been the victim? Yes, I have too, but I'm not, that's not my identity. I don't walk around saying, you know, I may be a recovering alcoholic, but I don't walk around saying, I'm a child of divorce. I've dealt with infertility. I get to those issues with people to help them address them with God's 
help. It's about the overcome. It's about dealing with it. You don't want to sit in your victimhood. And I just want to say, oh, I got to just call out the trauma because I think there's a whole lot of people identifying with their trauma. I don't even know what the term is for it, but you know, they introduce themselves right now with all of their trauma titles. And, you know, it's like people, you know, look at my trauma, see me. And it's like, no, this is not about, this is not going to help you. You know, somebody recognizing your trauma or recognizing your pronouns is not what's going to make you okay. It just breaks my heart because it's just people that have been through pain or are going through pain and are avoiding it by trying to get other people in the world to accept them, which is just totally not what life is about. It just kills you. I've already tried it. It doesn't work. So, so many people in active trauma response in this world and culture is just bowing down to it. Cries for help, people. What's going on in these people's hearts has nothing to do with what they're announcing is their identity. So, is politics everything? No. But I'm here shouting from the rooftops. As someone who was in it, grew up in it, worked in it, DC does not have all the answers. They aren't going to fix your issues. It's up to you to do that. It's also up to you to vote. I have learned more and more now that I live in Michigan that local politics is where it's at. You know, I'm fired up about the governor's race because I know how much, I know how much impact a governor has. And, uh, it's like, we don't realize it. You know, you just think, oh, politics. But you see now, especially today, how governors, um, have a lot more power than you think. So, um, you know, so if, here's the other thing. If you're in the Beltway, if you're one of my friends in the Beltway who's been in politics with me, D.C. is not the center of the world. I'm sure you know this. But if you don't leave D.C., you kind of don't find that. Like I have really found in my life not being surrounded by powerful politicians that real Americans live in the heart of America. They care about protecting their families, their jobs, their values, and their rights as American citizens. Period. You know what those with values also care about? Life. Human life. So, and that just brings me to one more thing I want to tell you about that's going on in Michigan. Many of you know this. My friends in Michigan, you know this. But I just got to talk about it for a minute because it's really important. You know, I kind of just backed away from the life issue for a really long time. And, you know, then I went through infertility. And then I had a miracle baby. And I was like, and I had her growing in my body. And it was like, this is such an insane miracle. How could this not be God? And I, to me... God is in it and I, you know, I am completely pro-life and I just get frustrated when I see ads for something like this Prop 3. Thankfully, our pastors talked about it the last few weeks, um, but some of you have seen maybe this flyer in the mail. Vote yes on Prop 3. Um Restore the protections of Roe v. Wade. Now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned, a 1931 Michigan law could take effect that would make abortion illegal, even in cases of rape and danger to the woman's help. Health. Voting yes on Proposal 3 keeps in place the rights we've had in Michigan for 50 years and ensures doctors can provide a full range of reproductive care without interference from politicians. Ha! <laughs> They're making it political. Um, and this thing doesn't cover it all. I am no lawyer. I can't 
break this down. I'm going to break this down a little bit for you, but I, I cannot, you got to go check this out. I've had to research it myself. I will put it in my show notes on my website. You have got to go check this out. And if you're not in Michigan, it may be happening in your state in some other form. So make sure you know what you're voting for. So the proposed, just a couple things I want to mention about it. And then I want to talk about really young people's brains, specifically teen brains and how crazy it is that we're saying this when their young people's brains aren't even developed. So the proposal says, every individual has a fundamental right to reproductive freedom, which entails the right to make and effectuate decisions about all matters relating to pregnancy, including but not limited to prenatal care, childbirth, postpartum care, contraception, sterilization, I'll get back to that one, abortion care, miscarriage management, and infertility care. Okay, seems, you know, Okay, yeah, I want to be able to, you know, I want to be able to manage that. Yeah, well, you're missing something if that's all you see. Because any individual, that means there's no, doesn't matter, doesn't matter their age. Just individual, any individual can make the decision. Has the right to reproductive freedom, which entails the right to make and effectuate decisions. So like an eight-year-old who got their period early and gets pregnant can go do this. <sighs> sterilization let me just get back to that so you can basically remove the ability you as a, you or your child can remove the ability to procreate male or female just sterilize and here's what's interesting may not be I, I don't know I, I wasn't finding enough research on it but it looks like it was true at one point there was a law in California about if you were going to have sex change surgery um, you were required to, if you wanted to have your new sex acknowledged on your birth certificate or driver's license, you have to consent to sterilization. Um, I don't know if that's still the case, but that's crazy to me. Um, whoa. So even if kids don't want to, they have to do that to be, to have their identity recognized on a license. Oi. So I want to take a minute and look at this. I went to the National Institutes of Mental Health. I used to work at Health and Human Services at the National Office and um, National Institutes of Mental Health listed seven things um, about the teen, young person's teen brain. I'm going to get share three with you. The second one says the brain continues to mature even after it is done growing. Though the brain may be done growing in size, it does not finish developing and maturing until the mid to late 20s. The front part of the brain, called the prefrontal cortex, is one of the last brain regions to mature. This area is responsible for skills like planning, prioritizing, and controlling impulses. Because these skills are still developing, teens are more likely to engage in risky behaviors without considering the potential results of their decisions. Hmm. So they can partake in the risk of behaviors. Oh, but now they can, they have the right to make the decision because they're an individual. Look at the second paragraph. An individual's right to reproductive freedom shall not be denied, burdened, nor infringed upon unless justified by a compelling state interest achieved by the least restrictive means. I'm sorry, a state interest? Did you want the state to decide that? 
Then you go down to the next one. Notwithstanding the above, the state may regulate the provision of abortion care after fetal liability, provided that in no circumstance shall the state prohibit an abortion, in no circumstance, that in the professional judgment of an attending healthcare professional is medically indicated to protect the life or physical or mental health of the pregnant individual. So let me just read another one of these seven things from the mental health office. Not many mental disorders may begin to appear during adolescence. Mm. Ongoing changes in the brain along with physical, emotional, and social changes can make teens vulnerable to mental health problems. All the big changes the brain is experiencing may explain why adolescence is a time when many mental disorders such as schizophrenia, anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and eating disorders can emerge. Now, I'm no lawyer, so you're going to have to talk to one. There's a great video on a website I'll put on my show notes. There's a one with a lawyer, a doctor. You can learn from these people. But um, so here we are telling kids like they can abort at any time. Um, and then we have this messaging coming from society, you know, that the overturning of Roe v. Wade, you know, removed your rights as a woman by making, but it made, number one, it made it a state decision. Number two, your right to perform an abortion, your right to kill a child. Do you realize that you want, you want the right to kill a child more than you want the right? It, it you think you're taking, you're taking care of your body, but you're doing the opposite. You're, you are saying, I want to be able to kill my, I want to be able to kill in my body. Think about what you're saying. So Michigan wants to reverse this and reverse, you know, basically let anybody make the decision with the pregnancy valid or not. So how many adolescents have mental disorders? How many of them are dealing with these risky behaviors? I mean, how many of them, I mean, have gone through trauma and they end up pregnant and, oh yeah, they can just decide no parental consent. <sighs> Let's just go to the last paragraph. I'm going through this as if you have it. So if you want to pull it up, I'll have it in my show notes. If not, just listen. The state, the state shall not penalize, prosecute, or otherwise take adverse action against an individual based on their actual potential perceived or alleged pregnancy outcomes, including but not limited to miscarriage, stillbirth, or abortion. Nor shall the state penalize, prosecute, or otherwise take adverse action against someone for aiding or assisting a pregnant individual and in exercising their right to reproductive freedom with their voluntary consent. So perceived, what does that mean? Somebody that thinks they're pregnant might not be. It's very confusing. Um, and then also... You know, when I saw, thought about this, nor shall the state penalize, prosecute, or otherwise take adverse action against someone for aiding or assisting a pregnant individual. So does that mean anyone can perform it? It also made me think of sex traffickers. What if some sex trafficker gets some girl pregnant and walks her into an abortion clinic and it's like, ah, yeah, you're good. We won't, we won't say anything. Let's just get her the abortion. That is some scary stuff. Just think about the stress kids are under when they find out they're pregnant. And, you know, it's not something, a big decision that you anybody can go through alone. I mean, let alone like it took me, I wasn't until my late 30s when I decided, okay, I want a kid. Okay, yeah, kid. Let's talk about a kid. One more thing from that website. Teen brains may be more vulnerable to stress. Eh. 
Because the teen brain is still developing, teens may respond to stress differently than adults, which could lead to stress-related mental disorders such as anxiety and depression. And they go on about mindfulness. So to me, mindfulness is, yeah, go to God. He's going to help you with that. He's the only one that can relieve your anxieties and depression. Okay, so that's just teenagers. Think about younger teenagers. And we think it's okay to allow every individual to make their own decision. This is insane. Insane. The devil, alive and well, working at the polls. Can't wait to see what he does with absentee ballots and all that other fun stuff. But I am specifically making sure that you get out and vote. Don't you dare think that your vote doesn't count. Don't you dare think that, oh, I don't like anybody. I'm just not going to do it. No, go do your research on the issues. Do it. Don't just do it because somebody told you to vote like this massive flyer. And you know, it wasn't the only one. I got a couple of them. Vote no. When you see this, you vote no on Prop 3. So earlier this week, I'm going to close with this. I posted this verse. Um, it's from the New Living Translation. It's Psalm 32, no, 33, um, verses 10 through 11. Because I just, it's just, it just, it came to me. It's like, this is the, 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 the passage for this election week. It says, the Lord frustrate, and this is the New Living Translation. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans Stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Thirteen through seventeen. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory for all its strength. It cannot save you. 1819. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. 20 through 22. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord. For our hope is in you alone. Lord, Lord Jesus, please get these people to the polls, Lord. We need victory. We need you back. We need you back in government. We need you back in the center of all this. We need people who think that their vote doesn't matter to show up and vote, Lord. I just pray that you give them the power and the and the inspiration that they need to get out there and not ignore the issues and lord help them see that you know it is the most important thing is a relationship with you not dc you know when people get dis disappointed on election day i just pray that you bring them peace because up whatever happens you are still on the throne no matter who thinks they're in leadership you're still on the throne you know what happens you know how it ends lord and I just pray we all remember that this week. Give us peace as we walk through the day, as we go to the polls, you know, that we're surrounded, that we're protected, that any demonic activity just stays away from us because we're showing up to put our vote in. And Lord, I just pray that you give us peace on election day, Lord. <sighs> Bring peace to our country, Lord. We love you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's enough. I hope this helps you if you're getting out there to vote. That's my heart for America. And I will see you next week. Because guess what? We're going to talk about it's time to grow up in your faith. Mm, that's a fun one. Okay, see you then. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. If you love this podcast, make sure you leave a review on Spotify, share it with your friends, visit my website, or follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Get Real with Meredith. See you next time on Guiding God's Daughters.